0: The first place to start is just understanding the different platforms so you can figure out where you can make the most impact, back to that word of impact, right? So people see social media as this anomaly, this algorithm that you have to figure out, when really it's just about figuring out which party you want to go to.
1: Welcome to School for Writers, where we help you ditch that starving, tortured artist cliche and thrive. No more struggling over whether your story is good enough or wondering if your voice deserves to be heard. It's time to step into the power of telling your story to the world. I'm your host, Lauren Marie Fleming, and I am a book-obsessed, queer, fat, witchy, divinely loud woman. And I know what it's like to have society tell you to sit down and shut up. But I'm here to tell you that you've been silenced for far too long. School for Writers was created to help you push through doubt and fear so you can stop procrastinating and start writing because the world needs your story now more than ever. Welcome to School for Writers. Let's get to it. Are you feeling overwhelmed by social media? I don't know about you, but I am really overwhelmed with all the things that I feel, all the platforms I need to be on, all the things I feel I have to do. It can feel completely overwhelming, but you know, it's not overwhelming for me. Email. I know how to send an email. I know how to write a love letter. I know how to be people's pen pals. And I think you as a writer, I'm just going to guess, you know how to do that too. It is where we shine as writers. Which is why I am so adamant that every writer has a mailing list. I love my mailing list. I send intimate letters to you all all the time. I send marketing emails to you all all the time. We email frequently on my mailing list. And it's a great way for me to come into your inbox and chat with you. I know the power of emails to help make you money, build an audience, and profit off of your content. Which is why I took all of my decades of experience running a mailing list and put it into my mailing list guide, and I have a couple free chapters for you at schoolforwriters.com/mailinglists. The goal here is to help you understand how to market yourself, build an audience, and promote your writing, because the world needs your story now more than ever, and a mailing list is a really great way to get people to read your story. So grab yourself a couple free sample chapters of that guide at schoolforwriters.com slash mailing lists. Once again, that's schoolforwriters.com slash mailing lists and you got that link down in your show notes. Welcome back to the School for Writers podcast. Today we are talking strategic tips and tools for writers using social media. And I don't know about you, but I am feeling Really, pretty overwhelmed with social media right now. I'm also a huge fan of mailing lists and working on my mailing list, but I recognize that when I only focus on my mailing list, that's not quite enough. I need a social media presence to start building people to learn about the podcast or to share and to connect. I love connecting with people on social media, but it can feel sometimes, all the time, every time, like you're expected to live on the app and make Mark Zuckerberg money and never write and never do anything for yourself. And it can really feel overwhelming. So I came into this interview with Kia thinking, F you social media, I don't want to be on you anymore. I am over it. I don't know. Maybe I'll just like I'm taking off in August. Maybe I'll just take off forever. Maybe I'll just never come back. And this episode actually really changed my thoughts and feelings about social media. It really changed my strategy around social media. And it really gave me permission to take the time off I need, but also when I'm on the app to think about how I want to use it, who I want to talk to and what I want to say. So it was a very changing episode for me to even be a part of that conversation. So I know it's going to help you as well. So we are talking with Kia Young, who is a digital marketing and social strategist, community builder, and no-nonsense advocate. She's a newly-minted Mary Lander, she's originally from Tennessee, and she tends to exactly three children, Brielle, Ryan, and Reed, and one perfect golden doodle named Loki James. Love that. She spends her days helping service-based superstars show up online with intention and helping them focus on what matters most, hashtag what matters most, not just in marketing, but in their entire business and life too. Her mission to help women who really are worth the hype find the validation, ease and freedom that they deserve through their business. It all boils down to timeless digital marketing and communications strategies. Yes, so much of what Kia talks to us about in this episode is time-honored marketing traditions. Find out what you wanna say, find out who wants to hear it. That's it. So she's about to help you with so many of the strategies in social media, but if you're feeling overwhelmed like me, do not click away. This is your time to shine and to understand how to use social media for you instead of letting it use you. Okay, on with this conversation. It's gonna be amazing. Let's get to Kia. Welcome, Kia, to the podcast. I am about to pick your brain so excitedly over social media. But before I do that, I would love to know who are you and what do you do in
0: this world? Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Lauren. I'm excited to chat with you. Excited to like I always feel like it's like an intimate conversation when I have these with your entire audience. So hello (laughs) to the audience that's out there. What I do, so I'm a digital marketing and social strategist. And so I really just help entrepreneurs, anyone that's service-based creatives really figure out their space in the world and how to get their message out in the way that positions them as the expert and the creative that they actually are. So whether that's through social media or email marketing or Legion or whatever it is that they actually need, it's about helping them to communicate exactly what their audience needs to hear in order to like, know, and trust them and be ready to work with them immediately.
1: Okay. I already have notes, the expert (laughs) and creative that they are communicate to their audience. As I went into this interview with you, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little like overwhelmed by all the social media options right now as a writer, as a entrepreneur, as a human (laughs) trying to exist in this Mm -hmm. world. And I love that you just broke it down to so easily. Like it's about communication and it's about being seen as an expert or as a creative like you are whoever you are so I love that before we delve too too into that because I, I that's basically what I want to talk about the whole time together mm-hmm. I want to ask you the question I ask everybody why writing now I asked you beforehand if you identify as a writer and you told me you do so tell me why writing matters
0: to you it is the best way I communicate, I feel like when I am able to write, I am more clear about everything. I'm able to go back and look and ask myself, did that make sense? And I also just love a good story. I mean, my days growing up um, as as I'm one of four kids and my brother and sisters were outside kids. They love going outside. All I wanted to do is be it curled up with a book. And so there used to be a rule in our house that like during the summer, you had to go out and play, right? I grew up in the South. And finally, my mama just said, as long as you're quiet and reading, it's fine. You don't have to go outside and play. Now, now I'm an outdoorsy person, but it's been my escape. It's another world. It's just, it's my happy place. So reading and writing are just like breathing for me. Yeah. Well, I, I feel
1: like everybody listening is nodding their head. Yes, yes, that was me. That was me. That was me, mm-hmm. 100%, myself included. I'm just like, oh, yes, you're my people. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you're my people. I love that. So then I'm going to ask the next question, why social media? How did you go from where from being a one of four sitting inside reading all day to somebody who decided you wanted to like become a social media and brand uh, marketing strategist? And
0: forgive me if that's not the right term that you used. I no, it's completely fine. It's like everyone has their own little terms. It's all the same thing, right? But um, honestly, it's a funny story. But I really think it comes down to loving how to tell stories and how to be able how to communicate effectively, right? And you can do that through writing. And so, I actually started out doing um, direct sales. Funny enough, and then <laughs> then I. Wrote a blog that went viral, was not planning on it, but just kind of wrote how I was feeling about a certain subject and it went viral. And from there was able to do a lot of freelancing in writing online in the military spouse space. And that turned into being able to write for this new up and coming app. And the investor of that app, when we were done with our contract said, you know what, I've seen you on social media, people just engage with whatever you write and you should just do social media. And I was like, that's a thing? Like you can just do social media? And she's like, yeah, come do it for us. And so she literally gave me my first social media job and everything I do, I wanna do it well. And so I just did a lot of research and like trying to figure out not just about posting things but how to actually make impact and it worked and it kept working. And then when the contract was over, she told me that I should start my own business. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And that's literally what I did. And it's really just, for me, been about taking those same concepts of writing a book or writing a blog or writing an article and telling the story directly to the person that you're wanting to talk to. Only I do it on Instagram (laughs) or LinkedIn or whatever that is and help other people be able to do the same thing. So it's really about that same connection that you feel when you're writing and communicating to one specific person, one specific audience, only you're doing it for your for yourself, for your own business in this case.
1: Y'all, I want you to listen to that because I think so often when people come to me, they have this idea of the trajectory of what it means to have a career as a writer. And that is you toil and starve for decades until someone finally gives you a book deal. And you know, you're know you maybe bartending or waitressing, and then your book deal doesn't even pay your bills. Like That's the idea that we have of what it means to be a writer. But you took this passion that you had and followed it to other passions and used it in other ways throughout your career, and then built a strong career as a storyteller, as a writer. I love that you said it's not just posting things, it's about impact. And it all comes down to communicating properly. And I think that actually, like, I felt myself breathe a sigh of relief. Because Mm -hmm. social, keeping up with the algorithm seems impossible. But telling a story and trying to have an impact and communicating to people, I can do that. So Mm -hmm. I love that. Where do you even begin. If you're someone like me, I'm going to guess that everybody we're talking to at least has some social media presence. Like they mm-hmm. got a Facebook. They maybe have an Instagram. It's maybe private. They're probably on LinkedIn during job searches. They maybe look at Pinterest when their house falls apart. <laughs> they, they, mm-hmm. they have to do it themselves. But like, where do you start from that? Where do you go? What's the first step from amateur to professional when it comes to social media? When it con- And maybe even less amateur to professional is amateur to strategic?
0: Yeah. So great question. First of all, I love this question um, because it's actually like where I start with everything. So the first place to start is just understanding the different platforms so you can figure out where you can make the most impact back to that word of impact, right? So people see social media as this anomaly, this algorithm that you have to figure out when really it's just about figuring out which party you want to go to right? Mm. Um, figuring out like the intersection between where the people you're trying to reach are actually hanging out and where you actually like hanging out too, And so each one of the big social media platforms actually have a purpose behind it. And once you understand those purposes behind the platform, you can easily identify where you should spend most of your time. So the concept of, of You have to be everywhere is so not true, especially with what we do, especially with anyone that's a creative, anyone that's service-based, anyone that's like not pushing like a a fashion line, for instance, right? Um, The goal is to just be where your people are, right? And so if you are a person that loves conversation, that everything for you is about dialogue and that's where you really thrive, well, guess what? The purpose behind Facebook is to drive conversation. Like that's the entire reason Facebook exists. They want us to be having back and forth conversation. And so if that's what really drives you and what your audience loves too, then that's where you should be focusing on showing up. And then like the purpose behind Instagram, for example, is to inspire others. So if you are this really inspirational, love encouraging people, That's where you show up. You show up on Instagram. Now, if you're more of like a uh, nonfiction, like a thought leader, expert writer, and it's all about like teaching people and connecting with other people, then LinkedIn is actually where you should be hanging out. And in some cases, Twitter the purpose behind Twitter is inserting yourself into trending conversations or either starting your own trending conversation, right? Which is a little bit harder to do. So I like to go with inserting yourself into those trending conversations. And so you look and see what's trending. Is it relevant to what you have to say? And if so, you jump into that conversation, right? To make yourself relevant and add to that conversation. And like YouTube, The entire purpose of YouTube is to either educate or entertain. If you think about the reasons why people go on YouTube, we're either looking up how to do something or we're looking up like something funny or some type of music video or some type of entertainment, right? And so if that's what your audience needs, if that's what they're doing and looking for, then you should be making YouTube videos. So I think that's really the first step is like really figuring out where do you have to show up? and intersecting that with what you actually like to do and where you wanna show up.
1: Like we just had a masterclass in the breakdown (laughs) of the social media networks in a way that feels really tangible. (laughs) Facebook, Drive Conversations. Instagram, Inspires Others. LinkedIn, Teaching and Connecting Yourself as a Thought Leader. Twitter, Trending Conversations. YouTube, Educate and Entertain. Like, okay, mic drop. That's cool. Y'all got what you needed. You got your time, <laughs> your money's worth on this free podcast. <laughs> Amazing. You can I go love, now. It's all right, good. You can go now, except stay. Cause it's going to just get better if we started with that. Well, <laughs> I think that that is really helpful. Right. And the idea mm-hmm. of thinking as a party, like you can't go to every party. I've been that person. It's pride weekend. Mm-hmm. Like I'm trying to go to every party and see everything. And like, I love the bears, but I don't need to beat the bears. Like Focus on the dike right. March. Focus <laughs> <Right. laughs> where my people right. are going to be. And I think that that, you know, that's such a great way of like understanding the party you want to be at. Because if mm-hmm. you show up at the rave and everybody else is on E and you're like sober over here in the corner, that's not your party. And if you right. show up to the sober party on E, that's not your party. And <laughs> so I love, right. especially as somebody who like, my party was the cool chill little people over here in the corner all reading books together and mm-hmm. so that kind of gives me permission to only go to the party that I want to go to versus trying to be on every single platform so that's that's great I don't know how to say this without just this way how do you use yeah. social media without it using you like, I feel like yeah. so much of social media right now Feels like I'm building up a brand for Mark Zuckerberg, not for myself. Mm-hmm. So
0: how do yeah. you do
1: social media without it using you?
0: Yeah, so I feel like I'm gonna love every question that you ask me, and <laughs> um,
1: this is why this, this is why is, we love each other. This is why we're good. yes.
0: You're you're watching a love story happen right now. You're <laughs> you're experiencing it. So. The first question that I ask everyone I work with when we sit down to talk about strategy for social is, what do you want to get out of it? Mm. Everyone skips over that. They're like, I just need to be putting out content. Like, I just need to be creating things and saying things. No, like you actually, there's a reason. There is an objective for all of this. What is that for you? Is it to sell your book? Is it to just build your community in preparation for selling your book? Is it to book speaking engagements? Is it to position yourself as a thought leader or an expert? Is it to book book discovery calls? Like, what is that thing, right? Once you've clarified what that thing is, and don't forget, we've also clarified, like, what platforms are going to be on then we can get super clear about what we need to say in order to make those things happen. So you start with the end goal. What do you want from being on social media and keep it in front of you, like actually write it down so that every time you get ready to make content, you're looking, it's staring you in the face of like, okay, my reason for existing on social are these things. How do I get there? What do I need to say? in order to get that speaking engagement, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the thing, starting with the end goal, I really feel like is how you stay focused on using social media or leveraging social media without it using you.
1: Yeah, I love that idea because I start everything I do in my programs, in my coaching, in my life with why. Like, why am I even Mm -hmm. doing this? Why do I want to do this? And so I think about that on social media I feel like there's this trend that's happening on Instagram right now that people are talking about like Instagram five years ago, post pretty pictures, Instagram now. It's like, do 20 reels, be on it constantly, like do all the things. I understand that you probably, I see the metrics in my life when I'm on there all the time. But what does it really Mm -hmm. look like to be able to actually gain traction on social media? Like what does that take? Is that posting every single day or is that if you post once a week then you're someone who posts once a week like what is how do you gain that traction other than living on the app
0: yeah so for me I'll tell you I have done a a combination of I think four reels and I'm booked and busy Hmm. reels is a tactic it is not a strategy it is one way to get you more visibility but it is not going to be the thing that you have to do in order to gain traction. Okay. What you have to do to gain traction is speaking to your ideal client, to your target audience. they are two separate things. Most people think it's the same. It's not. So speaking directly to them and giving them a full 360 degree view of who you are, what you stand for, everything they need to know about you and your brand. So they feel confident about whatever it is you're selling or offering to them, right? So it's about them being able to clearly see you and reels is just a tactic, right? So the actual strategy is what you're saying. And as writers, that should make us feel great, right? It's about what we're communicating. How we do that can be any number of ways. If you're more comfortable posting selfies of yourself, You can get the same, you know, traction, the same results as long as you're saying what your audience needs to hear. The reels, again, it's just a tactic. It's something if you want to use it, use it. If you're more comfortable with video, do that. It's more about what you're saying to them than the tactic or the medium in which you are giving it to them. So I am not a uh, person that's going to tell anyone that I work with that like the way to win is Reels because that's just not true. Because what if you're doing a Reel and yeah, you got like 20,000 views, but only five of those are your idea. Like who cares what the actual Reels views are. It's about being able to say things so that your audience knows, likes and trusts you always I'll I'll die on that that hill that sword (laughs) like reels is not the only way to do it and as someone who's only done four I'm living proof of that
1: (laughs) oh that's so good and I you know it's like all these people have these really shiny instagrams but I have a client that I worked with that has a million followers on Instagram and couldn't get a book deal. And I have somebody mm-hmm. who has 2,000 followers on Instagram, but they're like they're her people. And she has a, like 2,000 ish people on her mailing list and they're her people. And she got a really great book deal. She got a six figure book deal because mm-hmm. they're. Is something about those vanity metrics like we aim for the vanity, we want the real that goes viral. But I know people who have gone viral and could not, they had no plan in place to actually like get those people, you know, you you're all over the place and you are still broke,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's about the message and making sure that people trust what you're saying so that when you do offer something, they're ready to snatch it up. I don't know if you've seen the reels or the TikToks where there's a person that's like trying, just trying to hand you their credit card. Have you seen those? No, that's hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious, but I feel like that's like, when you look outside of like just doing the tactics and you're really focused on strategy, that's what happens when you put something out there, they're just throwing money at you because they trust you so much versus, you know, a viral reel that was funny, or cute to watch, but had no true impact outside of that one, you know, 15 seconds of having their attention.
1: Yeah. I love that you broke it down to the goal kind of being that you want your audience to know, like and trust you. Because Mm -hmm. I think that that's an easy thing to think about. Like, My strategy is to build five reels a month and two, da da da, and three, blah, blah, blah. And we're going to like do. I love that. Like, okay, my strategy is I want, I'm going to do the things that make people know, like, and trust me. And focus on that feels really doable. And really, that makes actually creating a reel, if I'm going to do it, even more fun, right? Or a TikTok video or a post or whatever. I love that. You also mentioned, and this is something I, in all of the worlds that I've been in entrepreneurship wise, ideal client versus target audience, not being the same. Explain yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard those two together. And that's yeah. an awesome distinction that I'm excited to learn about.
0: Yeah. So ideal client is your perfect 10 dream person. That's going to read what you write or buy what you're selling. You know, that is that person, right? Your target audience is all the people that are surrounding your ideal client. So for example, if your ideal client is writers like you, your target audience are people who work with writers, family members of those writers, because it's about the referral and the recommendation and knowing you exist so that they can be like, oh my gosh, have you heard of Lauren? Like you have to go follow her because everything that she's putting out is amazing, right? So your target audience is everyone that's adjacent to your ideal client that needs to know that you exist, right? Like that word of mouth is huge, but they might not necessarily want to buy what you're selling, but they know the person that does. Because listen, how many times do we tell each other about the great sales, about like, We are that person. Girl, let me tell you, I was just in Nordstrom. They got these shoes. You know what I mean? We do that for each other all the time. What if your target audience was also full of people that may not necessarily be your perfect ideal client, but was still a raving fan because they know what you do. They know you do it well. And they also know the person that you do it well for. So there are times where when you're building that know, like, and trust, and I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole unless you pull me there. um, There are times where you can talk to your target audience, especially if you're going like the more inspirational route, or if you're, you know, trying to just get your engagement up, for example, versus times where you should be speaking directly to that ideal client which is when you're sharing, you know, a post to convert them or, or sharing about an offer, or even just really specific targeted education posts, you know, like that's when you want to talk to your ideal client, but there are definitely times where it's just about people knowing what you do. And that's when you talk to your target audience.
1: I love that distinction. So specific targeted post to your ideal client, people just understanding and knowing what you do to your Target audience. That's so brilliant because I hadn't thought about that, and I love that you said that because I would think I say so. My very first time that I ran my Write Your Friggin' Book Already program, one of the people, his wife was like, "Listen, you have been saying for years you're gonna write this book." My friend over here writes, teaches people to write books. She's amazing. I've been watching her for years. We went to school together. Go get it. Another person's like my second cousin's once removes wife. And so I think about so often the way that people come to me is rarely they know of me. It's usually someone else knows of me and refers them to me. And I hadn't had a name for how to gather those people that refer them mm-hmm. to me. Like I think about how my sister, she doesn't like romance novels, but if she found or heard about a queer romance novel, she's gonna get it for me or tell me to buy it. And so if you think about that with social media, I love that idea between, it's not necessarily the person who's gonna read your book or buy your book or read, take your course or buy your program, but it will be like their cousin or somebody mm-hmm. around them too. I love that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and it's real. Like. It, There are definitely times where we have to delineate between the two, and it's not bad to talk to your target audience every now and then. It's actually a good thing because it kind of keeps us going and, and allows people outside of just that ideal. Just think about how narrowing that is, especially if you're super niche, to only speak to your ideal client. That is not, to me, in my opinion, is not a great strategy. Like I want everyone to at least know what I'm doing, even if everyone can't be, everyone can't be my ideal client, but everyone can know what I am doing. Yeah.
1: How do you manage that if you're more of a private person? If you don't want people to be knowing what you're doing, if you aren't really one to put yourself and your personal stuff out there, does it
0: have to always be personal? How, how no. do you do that? So this is a great question that I get a lot because I do know a lot of people that are like, I don't want to talk about my family and what I'm doing and where I'm going. And no. So what are the places that you feel comfortable connecting with people? So for our writers, it might be what book you're reading right now. Like always sharing like that piece of you, what book you're reading or giving recommendations or your self-care routine. How do you do your morning routines? So I think it's more about finding, not necessarily saying that I want you want to share your entire private life, but what are those things that you're willing to connect with people over, right? And as an introvert, like if you went to my social, my Instagram, very rarely are my kids on there. Every once in a while, you see them, but very rarely are they on there. Um, I'm going through a divorce. I don't necessarily talk about that on social media, but there are things that I'm willing to share in my story that I can still connect with people over. I talk about all the time how introverted I am and what that actually looks like living it out loud, especially when people think I'm an extrovert. So there are certain things that I'm comfortable connecting with people. And I feel like as writers and as creatives, the people that are in your audience, there's probably one or two things that you're willing to share That aren't as private, where you still feel like you can keep the things that are close to you and dear to you still very private and off of social media. So it's just finding a human connection point and being comfortable with what that is and sticking to that thing. I really
1: like that advice. Choose the places you feel comfortable sharing with people, because I think especially a lot of people come up, like I I wrote a sex blog for years and I did my law school thesis on pornography. Like they're very, people assumed that there were very few places I was not willing to talk about after talking about that. But mm-hmm. actually there was a whole line of list of things I refused to talk publicly about. My relationships, any intimate relationships I was in, my nieces and nephews, like any children in my life, my father, he's very private. I respected that. So even when you're somebody who's out there talking about the things most people don't want to talk publicly about, they're still, a level of privacy that I would have around so much. My brother had cancer while I was doing that. Like I never talked about that publicly until he died. So like people didn't even know about it. And so as people are listening, I want to encourage you to think about those places that are kind of potential wounds or potentially in violating someone else's privacy too. Like you talking about your kids and your divorce. So I think a lot about that because we have at least in my generation, there was this idea of like the way you get famous on the Internet as you put all your shit out there and mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. being more strategic about where you what you want to share with random people can be. Like a benefit, especially personally and I think professionally. Absolutely. We don't all have to be Kardashians. Right. And I'm sure like <laughs> even the Kardashians have things that you, you don't know about. I mean, think about how yeah. big of a deal they made having an unedited photo of Chloe out there or him or one of them out there in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it's still, it's still yeah. polished. Me and my world of School for Writers, we take a month every quarter. So four months a year off Social media, completely off social media, completely offline. And Mm -hmm. one of the things when I talk to people about that, that I get from them is if you take a whole month off of social media, you're going to completely ruin your algorithm. You're going to completely ruin people ever seeing your posts again. And I'd love to know a little bit of your experience with taking breaks. I meet so many people who are like, I just need to go off social media to finish this book, I just need to go off social Mm -hmm. media for whatever reason. I'm on vacation or something. What happens when breaks happen? Like what's the logistical and also what's your like practical life experience around that?
0: So practical life experience is when I was doing, um, when I had my done for you agency, where I was actually creating content for other people like weekly, I could hardly ever get to my own social media because I was literally creating for everyone else. So I very rarely posted on my own. So I don't take breaks like you guys, but definitely was less consistent on social. I think the most I've ever taken was one month from social media. But from a very logistical standpoint, it's just about knowing how the algorithm works, right? So let's break that down. You can always get back into the good graces of social. Matter of fact, that's exactly what they want. So. Going away and then coming back, what's going to happen, let's just use Instagram for as an example. What's going to happen is when you come back to Instagram, the algorithm is going to be like, thank you. And how do I get you to stay? Mm -hmm. It's actually going to give you more engagement in those first few posts so that you can get that dopamine or whatever it is that we get hits from social to say like yeah people love what i'm putting out so i'm going to continue to do that the algorithm simply wants us to create engaging content because when we create engaging content other people stay on the platform longer Mm -hmm. our job as content creators on social and at the end of the day as business people on social whether it's writer, or creative like that's what we, we are content creators. Our job is to create content that keeps people on the platform. So anything that you put out that keeps people on the platform, the algorithm is going to continue to reward you. Now think about the flip side of that, right? So when we're on Facebook and we post a link to an article, what happens? It doesn't get as much traction. Why? Because you are literally doing exactly what the opposite of what the algorithm wants. We're taking them away from that platform. So just a note to you guys, when you post your links, your offers, go visit my bio, go click this link. We are working in the opposite direction of what the algorithm actually wants from us, right? So it's never going to perform the same as your other posts. It's always going to seemingly perform lower as far as like likes and comments because the algorithm is not serving that content to as many people on purpose, because you are literally trying to take them off, right? So when you come back to social media, the algorithm is going to serve your content to more people just so that you get that engagement to keep going, right? Because without us, they don't exist. Like they actually need us to create the content for people to stay on the platform, for us to get served the ads. That's how it works, right? And so, when you take that sabbatical, just know when you come back, your goal, when we t- you know, taking it back to that, like, why are you here? Your goal in those first few days, maybe that first week is maybe just engagement. What can I put out there that's going to get people talking, interacting with me, commenting? Like, so it doesn't have to be coming back and posting about thing offers, right? Because we already know that's not going to work it's just about coming back and starting conversations and working in whatever that purpose behind that platform is but you're you don't even have to worry about it because it's going to be a natural instinct for the algorithm to serve your content to more people because you've been away so take your vacation and know when you get when you get back things will be all good there's nothing to worry about like As long as you come back and your focus is just on engaging with people and getting the conversation started again, you'll be good.
1: That's such a relief, right? Like (laughs) not just for me, but I'm sure for lots of people who need to take the break to, and it's such a nice breath of fresh air from the usual, this whole conversation, this is why I brought you on is such a breath of fresh air from the usual, like here is exactly all the things you have to do to make it work and build your business and instead, you're like, here's exactly how you need to like focus on conversation. So I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you the last three questions that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast. And that okay. is the first is what is a book that you have
0: read that changed your life? Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Mike Drucker. Every single time. Yeah. I don't even know if I need to explain it to this community, but like Reading it for the first time and the idea that ideas are living, breathing things and we get to say yes or no, and that that idea can leave me and go to someone else and show up in my world again. Like it's just beautiful. It helps me think about like literally when I have an idea, like, do I want to say yes to this or do I want to say no, or maybe I'll table it like that. I actually get a choice in that um, and that I don't have to act on everything was just refreshing so definitely big magic
1: I love that that's great and I agree big magic changed me in very similar ways in the way like I I teach a lot of what it teaches now like Mm -hmm. the idea that genius and creativity lives outside of us and we don't have to be a genius we don't have to be a creative we just have to tap into genius and tap into creative Mm -hmm. creativity so I love that so the second question is, what's a book that you want to write? You want to read, but you don't want to have to write. So you want to read a book, but you don't want to have to write it.
0: Oh, this is a good one. Um, like, I'm trying to go with my instinct here. And I don't, I'm going to have to even just chew on this after this conversation. But the first thing that came to me was my life story. Mm. Isn't that a strange thing? I love Isn't that, that strange? It's strange, but it's amazing. Like maybe we find you an
1: autobiographer.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I know? don't know. I don't know what that means.
1: If you were in a coaching call with me, I would have you sit and ask yourself if that means you should write it as fiction because you're only thinking of it as memoir.
0: Mm, that's good. I'm going to sit with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let us know Let's how that it. how that shows up. <laughs> how that ends yeah. up going. Yeah. Yeah. So, my third and final question for you is if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? How do people keep knowing more about the fabulousness that is Kia Young?
0: Yeah. So, you can obviously find me on my website, kiayoung.com. And I'm on all social as Kia knows social. So easy to remember.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I love it. And very straight to the point, too. You're like, this yeah, is great.
0: I love it. This is what I know.
1: (laughs) Yep. And you apparently do because I have so many pages of notes. This was such a great conversation. Thank you for sharing both your heart and such wonderful tangible tips
0: with us today. I really appreciated having you on. Thank you so much. This is what I love. So I appreciate the opportunity to share.
1: Thanks for coming on and sharing what you love. And thanks everybody for listening. Have a great day. Bye.
2: Hey everyone, this is Stephanie, a former participant in the Write Your Friggin' Book Already 2020 program and current cheerleader and coach for the 2021 Write Your Friggin' Book Already program. I'm here to recommend a book, which is one of my favorite things. And today the book I'm recommending is called Hyperbole and a Half by Allie Brosh. So Allie Brosh started with a blog by the same title, Hyperbole and a Half. It's excellent suggest you check it out and this book is a memoir but told in a style like a graphic novel slash comic book with hilarious and endearing drawings my copy of this book um it's well loved so some parts of it are kind of coming out i've read this multiple times i've read certain sections many many times like the one where a goose goes into her house. It's really funny. I highly recommend this book, especially coming out of our pandemic hibernation time. It's funny, it's light, but she also touches on topics like her depression. And for me, it's been a way to kind of ease out of this super heavy time into a slightly less heavy time. Um, with some levity which is always good. She also wrote her second book called Solutions and Other Problems which came out in 2020 which I devoured in a day or two. I recommend that as well. So I hope you enjoy this book. If you check it out you can go to the show notes and click on the link for bookshop.org. They support local independent bookstores and they also support the School for Writers podcast. If you prefer audiobooks, you can go to Libro.fm using the link and you can get a free book. And so can we. Everyone wins. Happy reading, everybody. See you next time.
1: You just finished another episode of the School for Writers podcast. Woohoo! Go you! Did you know that we're more than just a podcast? School for Writers is a full service support team helping you to get your story out into the world. Here are three ways you can get even more writerly inspiration and education. Number one, subscribe. It's so easy. All you got to do is click that little subscribe button down below wherever you listen or watch the School for Writers podcast. That not only guarantees that you don't miss another episode, but it also helps support our continuation of this show. Number two. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest at School for Writers. Every day we post helpful tips and tools like journaling prompts, reading recommendations, and live interviews with inspiring experts. Number three, visit schoolforwriters.com where you can check out past episodes, join a writing program, and get even more tips, tools, and inspiration to support your writing life. While you're there, be sure to sign up for our Write More Challenge, a 10-day program to help you jumpstart your writing routine. Thanks again for supporting School for Writers. We'll see you next episode. School for Writers is produced by me, Lauren Marie Flaming, with editing and support from Samantha Olivares. All rights reserved by Las Maestras LLC. Our music is De Lejos by Ilabamba. Check them out on Spotify. Big thanks to the team at Terrorbird and big thanks to Kristen Hulbeck. And of course, a massive thank you to you, the listener. Now put down this podcast already and go right. I'll see you in the next episode.